let's pray and then we'll get into the word. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to enter the word of God. Again, I say from my mouth, I believe the spirit of the Lord is risen upon me. You have anointed me to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, to deliver the bound, to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. I believe in the anointing. I have faith in the anointing and I expect the anointing. Not only upon my life to preach and teach the word, but also upon these people here to receive the word, to hear it as it's meant to be heard, to see it as it's meant to be seen. I believe the word is going into fertile ground. It will go forth as seed or as water, Lord. And then we look to you for increase. And Father, by your grace, we will be sure not just to be hearers of the word, but become doers thereof. And we thank you because we're doers, we shall be blessed in what we do. In Jesus' name, and everyone in agreement said, Amen. Amen. Ephesians 5.18. Ephesians 5.18. Before I get into this, I just want to... um, remind you and I, I again I was talking to Casey him and I were talking earlier today about some things and uh I cannot impress upon you enough the importance of what I've been preaching on and it's not just the area that we've been in lately that's about joy but it's in the overall teaching on being filled with the spirit the Lord God ministered to my heart over a year ago I mean it's almost a year and a half ago I went before him and I was like going God God I need something I need something I need something and it was this is what he led me to I want you to be filled with my spirit stay filled with my spirit stay filled with my spirit get tanked up on my spirit and I think it has a lot to do with the day and age we're living in how many know there's a lot of fear out there right now coronavirus and all this other junk that's happening I mean, it is just being stoked up, stirred up. The media is running rampant with it and everything else. And it's not just that. It's just just the overall darkness that's out there right now. Because the day and age, the the Bible is very clear. The darkness will grow darker in in the last days. And we're in the last days. But glory to God, that's not to impact us as Christians, is it? For the glory of the Lord is risen upon us. They shall be drawn to the light that's in us. Amen. But I said all that to say, I really want you guys to stay focused and, and, and be pulling on this. Everybody say, I have faith in the anointing. I believe that's the direction the Lord wants me to go next where be being filled is concerned. I've never taught on the anointing in this place. And I believe that's what he wants me to minister to you about next. Once we get done with talking about the joy of the Lord, because, man, I've never taught on the joy of the Lord before. I've experienced it. We've had some good Holy Ghost meetings before, but I've never taught on it. And so it's just a a new place that God's taken me. But, boy, I tell you what, I've I've been blessed as I've studied this out and and, and brought forth these messages. And I trust that you've been having a good time in here, too. I mean, I know that I've seen people laughing in here that I didn't even know they could smile. Gary, <laughs> hallelujah. But anyway, uh, uh, just again, make it your heart's cry. Lord, I want to get all that you have for me right now. In fact, say that. Lord, Lord I, believe I believe I'm going to get all you have for me today, right now, in Jesus' name. Ephesians 5.18 says, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Again, that means be being filled with the Spirit. It is something that is available to every Christian walking on the face of the planet to be filled with the Spirit. It is 
for everybody. It is a gift from God. And I've said this again and again and again. If it's a gift from God, I want it. Hello. Every Christian should desire this. But unfortunately, what has happened is religion has got into the equation. And religion has told us that it's either passed away or even worse yet, it's of the devil. I'm going to tell you with everything that's in me, a gift from God is not from the devil. And for people, I've actually had people, how do I know when I I ask to be filled with the Spirit that I'm not going to get some other spirit? So what you're telling me is the devil's going to elbow God out of the way and say, I've got him now. No, seriously. That's what you're basically saying. That's how... Okay, watch what you're saying, Daniel. Pastor Dan, whatever you want to call me. It's a gift from God. And when you ask for a gift from Him, He's not going to give you a snake. He's going to give you the blessing. He's going to give you that good thing. The thing that He says that is for you. Amen. And I'm telling you with everything that's in me, being filled with the Spirit is probably one of the greatest experiences we can have as a Christian while we're here on this earth. It literally empowers us to do what God has called us to do. In fact, I don't know how Christians who aren't filled with the Spirit can fulfill what God's called them to do. And I've said it to you, I don't believe it can be done. Plus, as we've seen in this study, it isn't supposed to be a one-time occurrence. It's supposed to be something that's happening constantly. Be being filled. Be being filled. Field. It's easy to leave from church where a church is preaching the word of God like this, all excited, all tanked up. But as I mentioned last week, a lot of times when people leave from here, they leak. They begin to leak. It begins to leak out. And by the time they get home, they're complaining and grumbling. It leaked. But whether you call it being uh, leaky or you call it being having flesh to deal with. Whatever you want to call it, the bottom line is we need to stay filled with the Spirit. Stay filled with the Spirit, amen? And as of late, like I said, we've been uh, learning how to yield to the joy of the Lord and how that ties in with being filled with the Spirit. We saw that in Acts 13.52 where it says, The disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Filled with joy... And with the Holy Spirit. I don't think it's possible. In fact, I know it's not possible. For a Christian who is filled with the Spirit. Get that. Filled with the Spirit. To be discouraged. I don't think it's possible. It's impossible. I'll just be blunt about it. You know, I've always said this. When a person is literally in real, genuine Bible faith. They're going to be full of peace. And they're going to be full of joy. Think about it. If you're in real, genuine Bible faith, that means you know you got it. It's yours. Hello. And I believe that... Now, I'm not saying... Let me say this. I'm not saying that discouragement won't try to come. We got a very real enemy who wants to get us discouraged. He wants you to get discouraged because he wants you to give up. He wants you to give up on your faith. He wants you to let go of the confession of your faith. I was looking at that the other day in Hebrews chapter 10. Do not let go of your faith. That confession of faith. 
If God's telling us to hold on to it, hold on to your confession of faith, what does that mean? There's something trying to get you to let go of it. So what are we going to do about it? When the devil comes with discouragement or whatever it is, what are you going to do about it? Put him in his place. I said, put him in his place. Can I just throw this out there for free? And I know I've said this too before, but it bears repeating right now. The devil hates the blood. He hates the blood of Jesus because of what the blood of Jesus has done to him. When we apply the blood of Jesus over our situations, over our lives, over our dwelling places, over our businesses, over our ministries, there's nothing he can do about it. Unless you yield to that voice of discouragement when it comes. It's your choice. He cannot make you be discouraged. Did you hear that? He cannot make you become discouraged. It's your choice. Oh, that's, that's a hard one, Pastor Dan. I don't know if I can believe that. It's the truth. It's your choice. Will you yield to it and begin to speak it out, meditate on it and speak it out, and thus bring it into existence in your life? Or are you going to, instead of meditating on the discouragement, meditate on the fact that you're a child of God? Meditate on the fact that God loves you. Meditate on the fact that, that He has a divine destiny designed just for you. Oh, glory to God. There's no reason for me to be discouraged. I'm encouraged. I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. Woo! <laughs> be being filled with the Spirit. Everybody say, be being filled with the Spirit. So joy. How do we tap into this joy? First of all, you've got to know that you've got joy on the inside of you. Do you know that? It's one of the nine fruit of the Spirit. And then, once you know that you've got the joy in you, you've got to learn to tap into it by faith. You know, concerning any of the nine fruit of the Spirit, that's how you take advantage of it. That's how you put it into use in your own life. When the world is hitting you with all kinds of things, life is throwing all kinds of things at you, guess what you need right now? You need some peace. Lord, I yield to peace. I yield to the peace that's in me. Jesus, you're the Prince of Peace. I'm yielded to that peace right now. I'm speaking it out of my mouth. I know it's in me. I'm speaking it out of my mouth. Peace starts to come to me. I have done this. I, I cannot tell you how many times before I've gone to bed. And, and, and all kinds of things are running through my mind. And, and guess what the devil wants to try to do? He wants you up during the night worrying about what's going on. Hello? I'm not saying there won't be times that God won't speak to you during the night. He's done that to me many a time. But there's a big difference between when God speaks to you, because when God speaks to you, you're not in worry. You're not fretting. What are you doing? Ooh, glory to God, I see that, Lord. You might jump up and down. You might get excited. You might run all around. But the bottom line is, is you yield to it by faith. Everybody with me? There are going to be times, hear me now, when you have an opportunity to get angry with somebody. You might have an opportunity to want to slap somebody. To give someone a piece of your mind. Like you're going to take that piece of my mind. What are you going to do? 
Father, I just yield to the love of God that's in me right now. The love that's been shed abroad in my heart by your spirit. I yield to the love of God. It's an act of faith. Love works by faith. Did you hear what I just said? Because there's going to be a lot of people in your life that aren't very lovable. How many can witness to that? I'm not saying it towards you guys, okay? You guys are all lovable. I could just squeeze you and never mind. I want us to get a revelation that what we do, according to the Bible, is by faith. And that means loving the unlovable. That means uh, blessing them instead of cursing them. As I've heard one minister say, when you feel like putting your hands around their neck and squeezing a little bit. I know that might sound a little harsh, but you might have gotten to that place before. And, but instead of squeezing their neck, you bless them instead. That's when you can know that you're operating in the love of God the most. When your flesh wants to do just the opposite. I mean, I know from whence I speak. When I am driving and there are people who have done things while I'm driving and I wanted to respond out of my flesh. And for me to sit up here and tell you that I never did respond out of my flesh, my wife would call me a liar. (laughs) It's something we're all growing in. Hallelujah. But see, the thing is, You can say, God, I'm going to yield to my heart and the love that's in me instead of my flesh and the anger that's being stirred up right now. I bless that person instead of curse that person. Everybody with me? And the same thing is true where the joy of the Lord is concerned. Lord, I know I've got joy in me. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit, and I'm going to yield to that joy right now. And then, listen, when you yield to joy... What should you, what do you think should happen? Don't you think maybe a little bit of laughter? And it might sound like the most dry, meaningless thing in the world to do. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, You do it by faith. You do it by faith. I said you do it by faith. and you will find out when you learn to do it by faith the next time it becomes easier the next time it becomes easier the next time it becomes easier it becomes easier and easier and easier when i pray in the spirit which is an act of faith i don't even think about it now i just can step right over into it and start to pray in the spirit why because i've done it so often are you following what i'm saying but the same, same thing is true where the love of God is concerned, the peace of God is concerned, the joy of the Lord is... <laughs> it, it's, it is the truth. It might... <laughs> Praise the Lord. Someone talk, stop my wife right now. No, I'm just kidding. You go, on, you go on and laugh, baby. Now, I know... Listen, listen, listen. I know there are a whole bunch of Christians who think you've lost it. I know it. I know, again, I, I, I guarantee you, if I went into a whole bunch of churches today and preached a message like this, or like we've been preaching in here, and we started to have people respond, they would think it was the crazy, what are you doing? This is church. It's supposed to be a serious place. Well, forgive me. First of all, it ain't, I mean... 
It's serious, but you know what the... Uh, how, did, how does that go, Lord? Remind me of that statement. This, I'm going to have to think on it. I'll think on it. The Lord will give it to me later. Serious? The serious work of heaven is laughter. Did you get that? The serious work of heaven is laughter. Glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. So it, it literally comes down to understanding this. When you yield to joy... In the face of insurmountable odds, which is what you need to do, people might think you're strange, but whoop-de-doo. I could never say that poem again, but it was a really good one. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I, I, see what, but see what they don't understand? Those, you know what happens? I'm getting ahead of myself. Glory to God. See, when you're yielding to joy... And you're, when you're facing challenges, what happens? Supernatural infusion of God's strength. To keep standing, keep believing, not give up. Which means what? When you're yielding to joy, it is giving you the ability to keep standing till you receive the end of your faith. Till you receive the answer to what you've been believing God for. Guess what? Ain't going to work for them. It's going to work for you. Can you see that? Glory to Jesus. Ha, ha, ha. You got to get this down in your heart. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Not worrying. Not fretting. Not, not getting up. Not letting go of the confession of your faith. No, it's the joy. Everybody say the joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Everybody say the joy of the Lord is my strength. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is our strength. Glory to God. Praise you, Jesus. And because someone calls you weird or too fanatical or whatever else they want to call us, who cares? We're the ones going to get the answers to our prayers. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Now, last week, we took some time to examine how God is the one who made us the way we are. <laughs> God made me the way I am. God made you the way you is. We have been created in the image and the likeness of Almighty God. I don't know if you're catching me right now because I'm getting really getting, getting excited again. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. We've been made in the image and the likeness of God. We've been made in the image and the likeness of God. I've been made to be just like God. And my, we have seen in the scriptures, in Psalms 2-4, that God sits in the heavens and laughs at those who would try to come against His plans and purposes. We saw in Hebrews 1-9 that God has anointed Jesus, pouring out the oil of joy on Him more than on anyone else. I got the oil of joy on me, but Jesus had it on him more than he had it on me. Meaning if Jesus was standing up here right now preaching the word, he'd be laughing more than I laugh. Oh, I don't think you just caught that. I, I, I want you to understand that. He had the oil of joy poured out on him more than anyone else. We saw in Luke 10, 21 that Jesus rejoiced in the spirit. Jesus had a Holy Ghost hoedown. If you had been with Jesus that day, you would have seen Jesus jumping up and down and turning all around, spinning all around, rejoicing. 
Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. We saw in Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is with you. The mighty one will save you. He will rejoice over you. You will not rest in his love. You will rest in his love. He will sing and be joyful about you. Oh, that makes me so. He, he gets excited about me. He rejoices over me. He's looking down from the throne right now saying, look at you. Look at, look at, look at, look at Daniel down there. Look at him. Glory to be. Hallelujah. Woo. He rejoices over me. He gets excited about. He does the same wherever one of you are concerned. Amen. And another Bible verse that speaks of God laughing is found in Psalm 37. Listen to this one. The wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. What's up with the people gnashing at people with teeth? At, with their teeth? I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. I mean, isn't that what they die? Isn't that what gnashing of teeth? I'm going to get you. <laughs> I'm coming to get you. <laughs> no wonder the Bible goes on to say the Lord laughs at him. <laughs> for, for he see that his day is coming. The Amplified says the Lord laughs at the wicked for he sees that their own day of defeat is coming. I like that. He sees that their day of defeat. <laughs> listen, listen, listen to this one from the message translation. Look at this. But God isn't losing any sleep. To him, they're a joke with no punchline. He's talking about the wicked when they're trying to come against us. They're trying to come again. I'm going to get you. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm just going to be like my, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo. What does God do? What does God do? What, what? He laughs. God laughs. God laughs. What should we do as children, his children, created in his image and likeness? We should. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. God laughs at him. I'm going to laugh at him. Can we see from the Bible who our God is? Our God is a God of joy. Our God laughs. I think that's a, something people need to hear as Christians. God laughs. God created us to laugh. God created us. He put joy in you and me. We've got to learn to yield to that joy, glory to God, and it will give us victory. It will enable us to keep standing no matter what we're facing. It will give us that supernatural strength, for the joy of the Lord is my strength. And it doesn't matter how many people come against me, nah, 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 gnashing their teeth at me, I'm coming out the other side victoriously. <laughs> Woo. And the next time, listen, listen, the next time people say you're too fanatical, the next time people say you don't have to do all that shouting and, and, and whooping it up in church, because it's serious, it's supposed to be serious, just look at them and say, listen, I'm just going to be like my heavenly daddy. 
I'm going to be like my Lord and Savior Jesus. I'm going to rejoice in Him because I know He's got my back. I know as I'm rejoicing in Him, He's giving me supernatural strength to enable me to keep standing until I see the end of my faith. So you can sit there like you just took a bite of a lemon. I'm going to rejoice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> you ever seen people sometimes, you know, it's like they just took a bite of lemon. <laughs> so one one takes the bottle of lemon, the one sitting next to him is going. Nah, 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 nah. So <laughs> either way, what's we gonna do? We're gonna laugh. I said we're gonna laugh. Glory to God. You know that God is singing over you and me right now. Ooh. He enjoys you. He rejoices with you. Glory to God. That makes me happy. I said, that makes me happy. Glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, Glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you're convinced. See, I envision Jesus standing right beside me right now laughing. Oh, Pastor Dan. That just ain't the way I see Jesus. I see Jesus all prim and proper. Standing there with the... I am Jesus. I am... I see Jesus rejoicing. I see Joe, I mean, especially where I'm concerned. I, see, see, he knows where I came from. He knows the life I used to live. And glory to God, now he sees me where I'm at. And even more importantly, he sees me where I'm going to be. Amen. And he's rejoicing over me. He's rejoicing. Mm-mm-mm. Glory to God, Jesus. Just gave him a high five. Hallelujah. Whew, talk about a belly bop. You can get a, I mean, a serious belly bop from Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Now go with me to Romans chapter 4 this morning. In Hebrews 11. We're going to go to two places. I want us to begin to look at how Abraham and Sarah responded to God's promise of a son. And remember, we're still talking about the joy of the Lord here. But I believe this revelation is going to help you tremendously. Because it has already helped me tremendously. Because God has shown me things I've never seen before. And I believe it's going to be something. And listen, what you can, listen, next Sunday, I want you to be believing with me that my wife's going to do what she's supposed to do. <laughs> I asked her to, to stand up with me and we're going to act out Abraham and Sarah. How many believe she should do it? Hey. Oh, man, come on. How many believe that Pastor Jones should obey the Spirit of God and stand up and, and act like, <laughs> say it like that? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> She's going to do it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 4, <laughs> verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of all. How many of you are of the faith of Abraham? Glory to God. Uh, where were I at? Verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, I always say, like to say it this because it's kind of, otherwise it might be a little confusing. Who contrary to natural hope, in hope, biblical hope, believed. 
so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, notice he wasn't weak in faith, he did not consider his own body, although dead, since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. Do you see that, what we're talking about? I see what the Lord just showed me right there. He was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. So how did Abraham, known as the father of our faith, respond to the promise of God made to him? According to what we just read, he responded in faith. Hey, instead of focusing on how old he was and the impotence of his body, and how old his wife Sarah was and the barrenness of her body, he focused in on not only what God had said to him, the promise of a son, but also on the fact, now get this, that God was able and mighty to keep his word and do what he had promised. In other words, he believed that God was faithful to do what he said he would do. Now go with me to Hebrews 11. Kind of setting this up this morning. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11. This chapter of the Bible is called the Great Faith Hall of Fame. It speaks of different, Bible through, different people throughout the Bible who got a word from the Lord and stepped out in faith based upon that word and did mighty exploits for God. Hebrews 11 and look at verse 11. By faith, Sarah also received what? Strength. Strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. So Sarah, by faith, received strength to conceive seed, and she had a baby past the age of childbearing. We're all in agreement about that. So according to what we just read in these two sets of scriptures in Romans 4 and Hebrews 11, Abraham and Sarah were mighty stalwarts of faith. Right? I mean, it seems like the very moment they heard this word from the Lord, they stood up and rejoiced, dancing around all excited with one another. But is that what happened? Go with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 18. Did they immediately respond in faith to God's promise of a son? Genesis 18. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. It says this in verse 1. Then the Lord appeared to him, speaking of Abram, who would soon be called Abraham, by the terebinth trees of Mamre, as he was sitting in the tent tent door in the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes and looked. Behold, three men were standing by him. Now, if you look at the very next chapter, you'd see that t- these two of these men are angels. The other one, I believe, was Jesus standing there with, with, with him right now. Okay? And we're going to see that. I believe it's brought out here in just a moment. And when Abraham saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Abraham knew somebody was important. Somebody important was here, right? 
And I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you may pass by inasmuch as you have come to your servant. They said, do as you have said. Verse 9, scooping down to verse 9, it says, Then they said to him, Where is Sarah your wife? So he said, Here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Verse 11, Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age. And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore, Sarah laughed. Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. Calling those things to be not as though they were. But Sarah denied it saying, I didn't laugh. Oh, I wasn't laughing. For she was afraid. And he said, no, but you did laugh. So here we have Sarah standing in the tent Listening into the conversation, her husband and the Lord and these angels are talking. Oh, they're talking. And when she does, she basically says, you got to be kidding me. Abe isn't a spring chicken anymore. And neither am I. And we have never been able to have any children up to this point in time. I've been barren my whole life. And so this must be some kind of cruel joke. Someone's trying to pass over on me, make fun of me, because I haven't been able to have it. And as a result, she began to laugh. What kind of laugh was that? Was that one of joy? Or was that one of unbelief? It was one of unbelief, wasn't it? Doubt and unbelief. Does that sound like the woman we read about in Hebrews 11? It doesn't, does it? This is not a laugh of joy In faith, it's a laugh of unbelief. It's a laugh of mockery. Yeah, right. We're going to have a son. And when confronted about it, what happened? She got afraid. Now look at Genesis 17, one chapter back. Verse 15. Don't want to leave Abraham out of this equation. Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall be from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and did what? He laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? What is Abraham doing when he first heard this promise from the Lord? Is this a laugh of joy and faith? Or is this a laugh of unbelief? I want you to catch this because I tell you what, this will bless you. It is not a laugh of joy. It is one of doubt and unbelief. Does that sound like the man in Romans 14 we just read about? So both Abraham and Sarah are laughing in doubt and unbelief, asking themselves, how in the world could we possibly have a son when we're both so, both so old? 
I mean, up against that fact, it's impossible. It can't be done. But that's not how we saw them respond in Romans 4 and Hebrews 11. I said, that's not how we saw them respond. At that point in time, both of them were operating in such a strong level of faith that they were able to have their promised son despite their physical conditions. So what does that mean? It means that what we just saw and read in Romans 4 and Hebrews 11 are accounts after Abraham and Sarah got into faith. This should greatly encourage you. Because many times you will hear a promise from the Lord. And when you first hear that promise from the Lord against that situation you're facing in your life, the first thoughts will not be thoughts of faith. But that's okay. Did you hear what I just said? We've got to understand that God has given us minds. And when... Even though I know you've heard of it before, we've got to stay out of the realm of reason. We've got to stay out of the realm of reason. We've got to stay over in the realm of faith. True. But we still have our minds. And when we're faced with an impossible situation, and we see what the promise is from the Lord to enable us to come through that situation, immediately our minds kicks in. How can this possibly happen? How can this possibly be done? So in other words, what, it ha- what happens is that becomes... Something that we're going to have to overcome. In order to step out of the room of doubt and unbelief over into the realm of faith. And being able to receive what God has promised us. Do you hear that? So, what did Abraham and Sarah do here? What did they do to get themselves out of that room of doubt and unbelief where both of them are laughing over into the realm of of being able to receive the promise from God. That room of faith. Well, let's look at the, what the Bible says. Hold on, let me see where I'm at. Let me just repeat this. One of the biggest, op- I, didn't, I haven't said it this way. One of the biggest obstacles that we have to overcome in order for us to step over into the realm of faith so that we're in a position to receive the promises of God is our mind's conclusion that it can't be done. Did you hear what I just said? When our mind is telling us it can't be done, we're going to have to be able to overcome those thoughts. We're going to have to get beyond those thoughts. We're going to have to move out of that room of doubt and unbelief over into the realm of faith. What did Abraham and Sarah do? The Bible says here, look at uh, Hebrews 11, 11 again. How did they do that? It says this. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age. Notice the next statement. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. She judged him faithful who had promised. What did we see there in Romans chapter 4? He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to do. He counted him faithful. He counted him faithful. God is faithful. If God said it, God will do it. 
That means after all the laughter, after all the questions, after coming to the conclusion, how can this be? How can this be? We're both too old to have a child. There's no way. They didn't stop there. Oh no, my friends. The Bible implies that after all the laughing and carrying on and after all of the questions, Abraham and Sarah sat down and began to consider the faithfulness of God. And I'm going to stop right there because next week I want to share with you what they did. And you're going to see Pastor Joan and me act it out. And I know you might be thinking, boy, I don't know if I want to see that, but you do. It will greatly bless you to be here next week. I'm telling you, listen to me. This is one of the greatest needs in the body of Christ today. To remind ourselves when we know what God says, the promise he's made to us to enable us to come through this impossible situation. We got to get out of our minds into our hearts. And the way we can do that is by counting him faithful. And I'm going to show you that when you start to count him faithful, something else is activated in your life. And I'll prove it to you from the Bible. It's called joy. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Did you get something? You ready to continue on? You want me to share with you what it is already? You want me? Ah, you're going to have to come back next week. It's a cliffhanger. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> but in the meantime, so you can leave from here thinking about one thing. Gnashing of teeth. <laughs> no, hopefully that's not the one thing you think about. Glory to Jesus. We've got to remind ourselves of these things constantly, though. God wants us responding in joy. God wants us tapping into joy. I need supernatural strength in my being. How about you? I need it. Because I know the challenges that we're facing in this day and hour. And you know what's going to be happening? I'm just going to say this to you. It's, it, it, life is busy. How many know that's true? Life is busy. I'm going to throw this out to you right now. Life's fixing to get a whole lot busier. It's going to, I mean, they know fixing to start up the buzz, the hours they're going to have to put in and stuff like that. It's going to go from, you know, she, Pastor Joan and my son and, 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 and uh, Riley. <laughs> Riley, she ain't here so I couldn't look at her. Never mind. And, and, and everyone else is going to, they're, they're going to start to get, have to work more hours here at the buzz. Becky's going to help out. Brother John's going to help out. And so the, the, the thing about it is their life's going to get a whole lot busier. What am I trying to say? You've got to stay full of the Spirit. You're going to have to spend more quality time praying in the Spirit. You're going to have to spend more quality time singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs amongst yourselves. Amen. You're going to have to spend more time giving thanks to God. You're going to have to spend more time tapping into the joy of the Lord. Amen. Life. I'm just, I, I, help me, Lord. I, when... God taps you on the shoulder and asks you to do something for Him. And you obey. And you step out in obedience and you do it for Him. Do you know what ends up happening? Is it all over then for you? Are you done? No. See, what happens is, is once He taps you on your shoulder one time and you obey, He's going to keep tapping you on the shoulder. And that's not a bad thing, that's a good thing. 
Because he's counting you faithful. He's counting you faithful to do what he's asking you to do. Why do you think so many great men and women of God are the only ones ever used by God to do things? Because they are quick to obey him. and Step up do it to do what he's asking them to do. I want to be one of those faithful ones. I want to be a, a, immediately step out in a bit. I was just considering this. My wife and I, we really believe that Canaan Land Northwest is on the precipice of coming to pass. Do you understand what that's going to do for me? I'm just going to keep it real for you. As the, the, the founder or the president or whatever you want to call me of Canaan Land Northwest, you know what Matt Gober did every Sunday? He traveled sharing the vision. He went all over the place. And I believe that's what's going to happen with me. I'm going to have to go to churches all over the country and talk about Canaan Land Northwest, especially up, up here in the Northwest. So what does that mean? I'm going to have to have somebody else preaching in here. I'm, and I'm not, please understand me, it's not going to happen tomorrow. You'll, you'll know about this. And I'm not saying I'll never be here. But the bottom line is, is I'm going to have to be there and they have classes Monday through Friday. Well, guess who's going to be one of the teachers? What, is, what, what I'm trying to get at is my life's fixing to get a whole lot busier than it is. So what does that mean? I've got to stay tanked up on the Spirit of God. I've got to stay full of the Spirit. I need to be filled with the Spirit. And so do you. Every one of you need to stay filled with the Spirit. I've said this before. This church is of strategic importance in these last days. This church is of strategic importance in this Gallatin Valley. In the great Northwest. I am convinced of it. You might look around and you might say, Well, Pastor Dan, I, there's churches in this area that have over a thousand people. You know what I would say? Never mind, I won't say that. <laughs> Hallelujah. I am convinced that you... Being a part of this church are of strategic importance in the earth today. See, I look at her and I see someone that goes to the university. And she might think all I'm supposed to do is go to school, go to class, leave out of there. So she came in the other day with some shoes on. She said, I'm, I'm a trendsetter. I went to school with these on. The next day I saw a bunch of other people wearing the same kind of shoes. But see, that's not the trendsetter you're going to be. You're going to be the transcendent that's going to be someone who's so bold about your faith, being used by God so mightily when you go to that university campus. People are going to look at you and say, she's been with Jesus. Ha, ha, ha. Because she's going to stay filled with the Spirit. Glory to God. You go to the, do you work at the school? What age group do you work at with? K through four. Those little kids need, probably the majority of them, need to experience the love of God. You're of strategic importance with those little kids. Boy, I hope you're starting to get this because the Spirit of God's all over me. We are of strategic importance. We are, yeah, you're right. You're working at that hospital right now. You think you're just doing hospital business? No, you're fixing to do a lot of Jesus business. Hallelujah. Filled with the Spirit, hallelujah. You travel all over the place, don't you, with Pepsi right now. Different places. Oh, he thinks he's just going to be getting orders for Pepsi. No, 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 no. He's going to be fulfilling orders for Jesus. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. And you, Big Dave, you think you're done? Glory to God, you ain't done yet. 
You got things to do. Where's Irene? You ain't. You got big business to do for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All of you in this place have serious business to do for Jesus. And the serious business of heaven is laughing. <laughs> we need to stay filled with the Spirit. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I want you to catch this. All of you in this place are of strategic importance. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. How many want to see Pastor Joan and me do some acting next week? It's going to be good. You got to be here. Because if nobody shows up, I'm not going to do it. I, I know you're going to be here. Glory to God. I'm, and, and, and I'm trusting. Now, hear me now. I'm trusting that you're going to get the revelation God has put in my heart, has given to me, just as much as I've gotten that revelation. Because it is incredible. I've never seen it before. I've never heard anyone else preach it before. I'm not saying it's never been preached before. I'm just saying I've never seen it before, and I've never heard anyone preach it before. And I listen to the Word all the time. Hallelujah. But this is what God does for us when we press into Him. When we're hungry for Him. When we desire to know Him more. When we want to know the Word more. When we're hungry for the Word, He continues to reveal it to our hearts. He allow, it allows us to have these little mini visions of me seeing myself in heaven. Looking around and then all of a sudden here He comes over a hill. I mean, what are you, what, mm, glory to God, hallelujah. He wants us to have those kinds of times. Every one of you. It becomes, why? Because it becomes even more real to us. Jesus is real. Glory to God. I mean, I was sitting there and I was honest. I literally thought when I opened my eyes, Jesus was going to literally, I mean, stand in there physically before me. I, that's how much I was it right there at that point in time. I thought I was going to, when I opened my eyes, Jesus would be standing right there. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It is an incredible thing. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. He wants to continue to show us His glory in a greater way than ever before. He wants us, now get this, to experience His glory. Because once you experience His glory, what you'll want is more. And the more you desire it, the more you'll have it. The more you'll experience it. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And everywhere you go, no matter where you're at, you'll know you're on a divine assignment to reach someone for Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory to God. Stay filled with the Spirit. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the word today. We are believing you to receive revelation. We thank you for the revelation that's come forth today, Lord God. By your grace.